perfect Christmas. Doesn't this feel like a perfect year, (laughs) y'all? Really? Perfect Christmas. Some of you are thinking, this has been a perfectly awful year. And Christmas and the new year are looking just as bad. So why are we calling the Christmas series the perfect Christmas? Here's why. Because God often uses... I could take an hour and show you in Scripture. He often uses the hard, difficult, painful, challenging times to get our attention, to draw us close to Him, and to grow us and make us more like Jesus. So so it's usually uh, during those hard, challenging days that the perfecting work gets accomplished in our lives. And I believe that the Lord has a perfect plan and a perfect purpose even in 2020. This morning we're going to examine the perfect timing of God. The perfect timing. Next week we're going to look at the perfect birth of Jesus Christ our Savior. And then in two weeks we're going to look at uh, the perfect peace that has been shining down on planet earth since Genesis 1-1 and that Jesus brought as he arrived in a manger and took on human form 2,000 years ago. Locate with me in your Bible, on your Bible app, on your phone. If you're watching online right now, you have a Bible tab and that will come up and you can watch the service and have the scripture right there. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 4. This morning, Galatians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul reminds the churches in Galatia, and I think he's reminding the church at Walloon, my timing is always perfect. My timing, God's timing, is always perfect and exact and precise, even this year. God's timing is always exactly right. If you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read verses 4 to 7, Galatians chapter 4, and uh, hear about God's perfect timing. You ready? You can read online too with us. Here here in person, let's, let's read nice and loud together. But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we get to uh, celebrate this time of year that you willingly left the glory and the splendor of heaven and took on human form, became one of us, so that you could offer us eternal life. So, Lord, thank you for the church family. Thank you for those uh, that are watching right now on televisions and laptops and iPads and even their phones. Thank you for the technology that even during this strange year enables us to continue 
to be family. And I, and I pray for those that are watching online that they might feel loved and a part of the family, but even more importantly, might they feel loved by your son, Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for those who are here in person this morning after a couple weeks of illness and being closed. Thank you that uh, they were able to be here together as well. I pray for unity and oneness in your church. Lord, these uh, are challenging days, and we just freely admit that. Uh, these pandemic days feels like they're never going to go away. Um, but Lord, would you help us to walk closely with you, even during the hard times. I want to pray for some who are home right now, some who've been in the hospital. I pray for Chris and Raquel I pray for Greg and Sharon. I pray for Diana Banana. I pray for Bruce Mack and Larry and Sherry. And I pray for Gordon and Teresa. And Lord, I'm sure there are others that I miss. Lord, I pray for all of those who are recovering. I pray for healing. I pray, Lord, that uh, you might touch their lives and, and bring lots of your peace to them even right now. I also, Lord, want to pray for those who uh, have lost loved ones in these last few months. I, I pray for the Baker family. Uh, I, I pray for Greg and Mary, with Mary losing her father yesterday, Lord. I pray for the Charlton family, the Knight family, the Fortier families, missing Bob and Brenda and Sandy. And Lord, I pray for lots of peace and comfort for each of them during this hard time. And now, Lord, we're going to dig into your book together. And Lord, I'm asking that you might meet us today. Uh, would you soften our hearts and open our ears and our minds so that we can hear clearly from you this morning? Lord, you speak. We're listening. We want to learn more and know more about your perfect timing. And all the church family watching online, all those gathered here in person said with one united voice, seated. There's a, this amazing section in the old section of God's Word, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It tells about God and His timing. And it says something, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time for everything. Think about that. God, God's got a time for everything. There's a time for every season, every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. God's timing is perfect. And let me say this. Our God is never late. And he's never early. <laughs> and I just want you to know he's always on time, always has been, always will be. And if we don't know that and have that embedded on our hard drive, when we hit hard times, we're going to wonder what's going on. God even controls our lives and the time we get on planet Earth. Did you know that? Job chapter 14, verse 5 says this, A person's days are determined. You've decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. 
okay? He, he knows how many days you get. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 16 says a little different. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So every day that you and I get to enjoy of life was already written down. God wrote it in his book before you were even born. Wow. Many assume, well, I'm in charge of my life, aren't I? I, I call the shots. I make the plans. I'm the boss of me. Here's what Proverbs 16 and verse 9 says. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Let me break that down a little bit, okay? The Lord says, okay, you can go ahead. You can think you're in charge. You can think you're the boss. You can think that you're making all these plans, but I'm in charge of time, and I'm going to establish everywhere you go and everything that happens. The Lord is the one who's ordering our steps. The Lord is large and in charge. Now, normally when we think of the Christmas story, we think of the Gospels, don't we? We think of Matthew and Luke, which is the two primary sources of the Christmas story. Uh, John, God, John's Gospel has some of that as well. But this morning, we're going to begin our perfect Christmas series in Galatians chapter 4. So, uh, let's go back to there. Paul explains God's timing was perfect when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Let me say that again. God's timing was exact and precise and perfect when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Verse 4, but when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman. Exact, precise, at just the right moment, God the Father sent God the Son to be born of a woman named Mary, okay? His timing was perfect. Now, when the set time had fully come, that was used of fruit that wasn't yet ripe, okay? So, that was used of things like bananas. You got there, Dan? Uh, it was used of, of like, when is the timing right for the fruit to be picked, okay? When the set time had fully come was also used in reference to a pregnant woman who was about to give birth, okay? When, when, when she was ripe with pregnancy and about to give birth, that's the idea here, when the set time had fully come. But it doesn't mean that it was necessarily an easy time or a convenient time. Think about it. Mary and Joseph had to travel uh, perhaps up to a week to get to Bethlehem so that at just the set perfect time, Jesus was born in a barn in the village of Bethlehem. Now, here's the question. Why was this such a perfect time for Jesus to be born? Why, why was this such a great time? Why can we look at that and say, that was brilliant. Lord, that, that was exactly the right time for your son to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven 
take on a human body, why was this time perfect and ripe? Okay? First reason that the time was right is because the Roman Empire at this time was fairly stable and there was relative peace in the Roman world, okay? Rome controlled the ancient world at this time, and during this season, for about 200 years, there was a lot of peace. There was a lot of calmness in the Roman world, relatively, okay? There are always little outbreaks, but during that time, roads were built. During this time, now you could go from country to country, and that made missionary journeys possible that were going to be coming in the book of Acts. Do you remember? So one of the first things that was perfect about this timing was Rome had caused the ancient world to be stable, roads built, uh, a time of relative safety, and the Romans allowed the Jews, and they considered Christianity uh, kind of a part of Jew. They kind of allowed us, the Christians, some autonomy to share about their faith, okay? So that's the first thing that was right about this time. The Romans uh, really had things pretty calm, and lots of roads were built. The second reason this time was just right is before the Romans uh, were the world power. Do you remember who was just before the Romans? Anybody know? The, the Greeks and Alexander the Great uh, had conquered the known world, and when he went around and conquered the world, he took with them and required every nation he conquered to learn Greek. Track with me. So now the ancient world uh, had one unifying language. Almost everybody knew some Greek. And it was just perfect that as the New Testament was written, any guesses what language was it written in? It was written in Greek, a very precise language so that the gospel message could be taken everywhere around the ancient world. And, and most people knew some Greek. And, and it was kind of like the, the language that everybody spoke. So that, that Greek language was taken everywhere. And then when the New Testament was written in Greek, the timing was perfect. Third reason the time was right, spiritually, the people were hungry. Um, the Romans, uh, they, if you read Romans chapter 1, that description about what men are like when they reject God, that's what the Roman world was like. Um, and people were hungry for truth. They were hungry to hear from God. It had been 400 years since they'd heard from God in the New Testament, the book of Malachi, about 400 years earlier, and people were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Savior. The people who were living in darkness were eager to see the light of the world come to earth. Let me say this. Our God is never late. Our God is never early. He's always perfectly on time. And the Father's time in sending His Son, Jesus, to be born as a newborn baby to a 14 or a 15 or a 16-year-old girl, a virgin, that timing 
was perfect. Back to Galatians chapter 4 with me. God's timing was perfect, precise, right on time. And verse 5 tells us that God's timing had a specific purpose, okay? It had a purpose. God's purpose was to redeem us, to purchase us out of slavery to sin. That's his purpose, okay? Look at verse 5, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. I'd like to take the time right now, but I think we'd go on a long time. What's the greatest problem in our country today? Okay, We just go around and ask, you know. Uh, some would say, duh, uh, it, it's the pandemic, the, the COVID problem. Others would say, no, no, Pastor Jeff. The problem is we've got this political crisis going on. And, and others would argue there's an economic meltdown that's just around the corner. It's coming. It has to come. Some would say, no, there's this racial divide in our country, and that's our greatest problem. And still others would say, no, our greatest problem today, it's an environmental problem, and we've got bad things coming our way because we've ignored our environment. Give me your eyes. Jesus came to earth, took on human body. Why? Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Love this verse. Jesus came. What did Jesus think our, our greatest problem? Jesus came to seek and save who? The lost. <laughs> so Jesus would say, our greatest problem today is we're lost in our sin. <laughs> we're lost and we have no way out. And our only hope is that Jesus might adopt us into his family and make us a part of Christ's family. Here's how C.S. Lewis put it. I like it. The Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. Let that soak in for a second. It's really, it's, it's wow. The Son of God became a man to enable men and women to become sons of God. Jesus saves. Jesus rescues Jesus delivers us from our greatest problem in life. What's my greatest problem? I'm a lost sinner deserving judgment. What, what's your greatest problem? You're a lost sinner deserving judgment. But Jesus took on human form so that he could adopt us into his family so that we could become sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let that soak in. I'm telling you. God's perfect timing had a specific purpose, to rescue us, to deliver us from eternal death, to adapt us into his family so that we could have eternal life. Okay, rescued us from eternal death so that he could adapt us into his family and enjoy eternal life. That's what Jesus has accomplished, okay? And the results of God's perfect timing... The results of God's purchasing us out of slavery to sin, adopting us into his eternal family. Go back to the text, verse 6. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Verse 7. So you're no longer a slave, but you're God's child. 
And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Several things there, okay? We used to be slaves, slaves to sin and self and Satan, but now we've been adopted out of slavery, and now we're one of his kids. And how do you know that you're a child of God? Look, look at what it says. It says, we know because he sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. In other words, the way that we can know that we've been adapted into Christ's family is his spirit has taken up residence in our life, and there's fruit, there's evidence that Jesus is in us. And how do you know that? Because his spirit is alive in us and working through us, and there's fruit that makes it obvious and clear. Make sense? So, so we, we've been adopted out of slavery. There's the Holy Spirit and the good fruit. And, and then he says there's one more result, and, and now you are heirs. Now you are a part of the family, which means you get this inheritance that's out of this world. Do you understand? But it's not just out of this world, Q. It's in this world. We get to enjoy the inheritance now, and then more keeps coming, and when we get promoted, we really enjoy that inheritance. Do you understand? So, I'm just telling you, the results are amazing. Heirs, children of the king, guaranteed and awesome. Okay? We go from slaves to sons and daughters to heirs. The results of God's perfect timing are amazing and remarkable and awesome. You want to say that with me? It's kind of fun to say, okay? The results of God's perfect timing are amazing and remarkable. Here's your turn to join me. And awesome. Yeah, you just got to lay into it and growl a little bit. Okay, so since our God is never late, He's never early, He's always on time. Let's just kind of go back to Galatians. He purchased us out of slavery to sin. He redeemed us from eternal death. And now we're a part of his adopted family so that we can enjoy eternal life. And now we get to call him daddy. We have that close koinonia with him, sealed us with the Holy Spirit, guaranteed an inheritance that is awesome, okay? So what does that mean for us? First Sunday, December 2020. What, what does that practically mean for us today? Our awesome God knows what He's doing even when we don't like it. That's the first thing, okay? Our God today December 6, 2020, he knows what he's doing even though we might not like it, even though we might not understand it. Here's the truth. His timing today is just as perfect as it was when he sent his son to planet earth. You understand? His timing is perfect today. He, he knows what he's doing and he has a perfect plan and a perfect purpose I think the Lord gave me this, um, this next, it, it's like, well, well, how do we view hard times? Because I'm sure 
the Apostle Paul at times felt like, what are you doing, Lord? Why are you allowing this? And, and it tells us in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul was flogged, beaten with rods, lashed with the whip five times. The, 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 the beating that Jesus got just before the, Paul had that five times. He was stoned with rocks. They thought he was dead. He was arrested. He was shipwrecked. It goes on and on. So, how do you suppose Paul viewed the timing of God? Think about it. I mean, what he experienced, what we're going through pales in comparison. But I think we can learn something from how did Paul view the trouble of the time that he lived in. Turn in closing to 2 Corinthians 4, would you? Because I, I think there's something really strong for us to learn from Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll begin with verse 16. Here, here's, what, here's what Paul says about the time we're living in today. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We could just pause there and just talk a long while. Now is not the time to lose heart. Now is not the time to lose hope. We, do, we have reason for hope. We have reason to have our hearts filled. Though outwardly we're wasting away, how many can identify with that statement? Though outwardly the old tent is starting to tear and got holes, yet inwardly we're being renewed. How do we get renewed? Day by day, okay? Outwardly, it doesn't feel so good, does it? You know, Jeff, John, turning 70 this week, right? Yeah, sometimes you just don't feel as good. Outwardly, we're wasting away, but inwardly, we get renewed day by day. Verse 17, here's the perspective. This is hard, but it's so helpful. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The, the little bit of trouble we're going through right now, and I know it doesn't feel like a little bit, but, but the momentary struggles that we got, you just got to remember, you know what? This isn't home. We're passing through, you know? We're, we're just passing through um, what we have to look forward to far outweighs anything that's going on. So, so I like verse 18. Here's how he concludes. So, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, okay? If, if all we're doing is looking at what's going on around us, wow, we're going to be sad. We're going to be discouraged. There's no hope. The world is awful. It's never been this. That's not true, but that's how we view it, okay? So, we fix our eyes not what on what we can see or read or have come at us through media, but on what is unseen. Fix your eyes on the unseen, since what is seen is what? Temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. Can, can I just say, day by day, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Day by day, we have to fix our eyes on on that relationship with Christ, 
get that eternal perspective from his book, allow his spirit to keep every day recharging us, renewing us, it says here. We fix our eyes, not what we can see around us, because that will just scare us and depress us. We fix our eyes on Jesus and stay connected to our hope, to our Savior, to our King. And, and let me just say one more thing. If the Lord's timing was perfect when He sent His Son Jesus to take on a human body and be born in Bethlehem, His timing is going to be perfect when He sends His Son back to planet Earth and the book of Revelation kicks in. You understand? So, so if His timing was perfect when He sent the Lord the first time, here's what we know. He can be trusted that His timing is going to be perfect and precise and exact when He returns. And now He's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Just, just read a little bit of Revelation 20, 21, 22. If you want, need some encouragement, He wins. He's the King, and we get to rule with Him. Friends, let me encourage you today. Our God's timing is perfect. And, and every one of us, we've got a little different thing going on. Um, but I'm just saying, don't lose heart. We're sons and we're daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you believe that? He, he's on the throne. He knows what He's doing. Yes, it's been a challenging year, but it's temporary. The best is yet to come. You know that, right? This isn't heaven. If you're looking for heaven here, His timing is perfect, it's precise, it's exact, and that's true in your life and true in mine as well. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. Lord, I just want to pause for a moment because I know some of my friends here are going through some really challenging times. Some are struggling physically. There's physical things going on. Lord, I know there are some marriages that are in distress. I know, Lord, of some whose finances are a mess right now. Job situations that are uncertain. Lord, some are just downright discouraged and depressed. So, Lord, we just need you right now. We fix our eyes on your Son. We fix our eyes on Jesus, our hope, our Savior, the one who's adopted us, the one who sent His Spirit into our lives. Truth is, Lord, we don't do well without you. So thank you for never being late. Thank you for never being early. We want to praise you this morning for always being right on time. And right now, December 6, 2020, we just profess you're on time. You know what you're doing. Help us, Lord, to never lose heart. Help us to keep running back to your son and to your book and get recharged and, 
get, get our tanks refilled every single day. And I close right now. I don't want to assume that everybody watching online or everybody here in person has been redeemed. It, it very well may be that there are some watching or here today who've never been delivered from their greatest problem in life, our sin problem. There might be some who've never been adopted. The Holy Spirit has never taken up residence. There's no evidence of fruit. And, and might today, Lord, would you open their minds and their ears and soften their hearts? Lord, Lord would you make them hungry to invite your Son into their lives? Might they realize how greatly they need Jesus front and center in their lives? If that's you here today, if you're pretty sure you don't know Jesus, that he's never delivered you from your sin problem, there, there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit alive and powerfully working in your life, it starts with facts. Did you know that? The gospel facts. Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven. He took on a human body just the right time. Jesus lived a sinless life, never sinned. Therefore, he alone uniquely qualifies to be the sinless lamb of God. He willingly took your place and mine on the cross. That's a fact. Jesus shed his blood to wash and cleanse my greatest problem, which is yours. We're sinners. Jesus took our place in the tomb. And here's another fact. Early Sunday morning, Jesus didn't stay dead. He literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. He did that for me. He did that for you. Will you believe those facts for you? Jesus, I believe. You are my sinless lamb. You shed your blood. You took my place. You arose from the dead for me and right now I receive you as my savior my king my friend adopt me right now into your family thank you Lord for your perfect timing we love you it's good to be here. Thank you for my friends who are here in person. Thank you for my friends who are watching online. Lord, might all of them know how much you love them, even right now. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray all these things.